This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Here's Barrett, so she can make it. I think I'm just going to stop betting on these games. <laughs> I had uh, LAD first to two runs tonight. Tampa goes out there and they score, what, the first three? Four, maybe? <laughs> like last night, LA was blowing out Tampa. Eight to three was the final. Tonight, kind of uh, reverse the rules. 6-3 Tampa Bay in the top of the eighth, but the Rays have a runner in scoring position with two outs, and um, so they're threatening to score some more. Wow, it's going to be interesting. Could it go seven? Huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Damn, man, I'm fucking <clears throat> losing my voice <clears throat> out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting so far, but you know what I've noticed? And I've noticed this, well, I always say it, I say it all the time, but obviously pitching wins you games, and if the Rays win the champion, uh, if the Rays win the World Series, it's most likely going to be the starting pitching that wins it for them. But, as I always say, a good balanced approach offensively will win you games as well. And if you're striking out a whole bunch of times, and you're reliant on that homer to a point where that's the only type of hit you're going to come go and get, you're not going to win, most likely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in game one, the Dodgers made a fair amount of contact. The Dodgers hit the ball at a high clip. They had some home runs, but they had a bunch of other hits. And in game two tonight, the Rays are the team putting the ball in play. The Rays are the team that's hitting the ball at a high volume. And combining that with a lot of home runs, of course, too. So people get mistaken. People think, you know, it's just a home run. It's just a home run that wins you the game. No. Fuck no. Starting pitching. And or a balanced approach offensively. <laughs> when you hit a lot of home runs, you know... People forget, how did those runs get on base, right? You're not going to win World Series just hitting solo shots. Guys get on base, walks, singles, the most frequent hit in baseball. Get on base, hit home runs, pick up hits. That's what, that's, that's, that's it. That's the, uh, the fucking formula offensively. <clears throat> A-Rod says it. Hate him all you want, but he knows what he's talking about. And he says, <clears throat> the reason the Yankees are always losing 
their offense is so homer strikeout reliant that they don't have the starting pitching to carry them into the World Series like the Rays do. The Yankees need contact and power. A good combination of them. Right now, they're very one-dimensional. You don't win World Series that way. And so far, we're seeing... Fuck. The, um... You know, both teams who've won, or if the Rays do win, we're going to see that pattern is continuing. Look how the Astros won the World Series when they did. They cheated, though. I know that, but... Besides the point, look how Boston won. Look how the Nationals won. They made a ton of contact, put the ball in play. The Yankees, when they used to win, (laughs) it's always been the way. Starting pitching and a good balanced offensive approach. Balanced. Um, Hope everybody's doing well tonight. What's going on? Rob Carbone, your host, Rob Carbone, of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Still not much going on with the New York Knicks. Nothing at all, really. Just some bullshit, you know, rumored story every day. Once a day we get something, you know, to get people talking. Today it was James Harden in a potential scenario to the New York Knicks. Yesterday it was Westbrook. Um, You know, it's just... Um, so tonight, well, I read an article and I might put the, I probably should credit this guy and put the article and the author, in the author of the article in the uh, description to the podcast, because it was an excellent article that I read. It was really good. It was about the Knicks. Um, and, and. Oddly enough, you know, I was on my buddy Leo Rodriguez's podcast, Say No More. Um, and in episode two of his podcast, which was, I think, about a week ago, we talked about the Knicks and how they should follow Miami, uh, the Miami Heat's blueprint. So a couple days later, today comes, and I, and I stumble upon an article saying the same thing. And I read this article. It's a very good article. Again, I'm going to put it in the description along with the uh, author who I will credit. And, you know, I took notes on it because I really, really agreed with it. It was probably one of the better articles I've seen from, uh, you know, Knicks bloggers. I think this was a blogger saying how the New York Knicks should follow, you know, the Miami Heat's blueprint to success. And everybody's kind of been saying this lately. You know, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts and I've heard that as well from, I don't know if you guys follow the Nick of Time. Also a podcast that uh, you should definitely take a listen to. But everybody seems to be saying it. Follow the blueprint of the Miami Heat. Because not long ago, they were in a situation semi-similar to the Knicks. Where they missed the postseason. Hey, last season, 2019, they had 39 wins and they were the 10th seed. So they missed the NBA postseason. What do they do? They do what they have to do in the offseason. They do what they have to do at the deadline. And they... Well, that's a home run by L.A. Corey Seager. 
Um, and the Miami Heat go from missing the playoffs in 19 to making the NBA Finals in 2020. 6-4. to four. Um, So, you know, the Knicks are trying to... Don't get me wrong. The Knicks ain't making no fucking NBA Finals. Um, but they want to follow that same path. Um, and we're going to kind of get into the specifics that I read about, that I've been listening to. You know, the podcast that I was listening to on the nick of time said very similar things as to the blog that I was reading about. And when I was talking to my buddy in the podcast, on his podcast, Say No More, which you can find on Apple, um, on Anchor, and plenty more podcasts, uh, platforms, you know, those, all three of those people, you know, kind of said the same thing. And I really, really understand it. How the Knicks should follow Miami's blueprint. So we're going to get into that tonight, guys. Um, hopefully it doesn't go too long. I do have class in the morning, so I, I don't want to stay up all night uploading and editing the podcast. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break then. And as soon as we get back, we will get right into episode 170 of BD4. That's a double for Justin Turner. Tell you what, the Dodgers are now making a little run here in the eighth. Two extra base hits in a row. No outs. Let's head to break. All right, fellas. So really quick, I just want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed to my podcast on the many different platforms that I'm on, you can do so right now. And all you got to do to do that is go to my website. Just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast or watch it on the many platforms we have, go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Um, yeah, the blueprint the Miami Heat followed was, you know, it's going to sound simple, but it's not easy. It's possible, though. It is possible, which is why we're, you know, talking about it tonight. <laughs> you hope that the Knicks can take a sliver of that and try to put it into their own organization. You're listening to BD4. Um, to find the podcast, go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect, and that'll take you to a page that displays all my information. Where to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And where to follow the podcast on you know, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, iTunes. Watch the podcast on YouTube without advertisements. And plenty other platforms. So just go to my website. NYSportsTalkRC.wordpress.com forward slash connect. So they missed the playoffs in 2019. They go out there and they make the NBA Finals in 2020. I mean, the Knicks want to follow that path, you know, to, to be able to at least make the playoffs. You know, flirt with the seven and eight seeds. The number one thing I, I you know, I agreed with when I read this blog, when I listened to that podcast... Um, when they were saying how the Knicks should follow that blueprint. The number one thing I saw, you know, both of them had 
and talked about how the Knicks need to unload their bad contracts, kind of like Miami did, right? Gain some financial flexibility, some cap space, by finding a trade partner for Julius Randle, who is owed $19 million this next season coming up, and then $20 million, but only $4 million guaranteed in 2022. So, you know, it's a bad contract, but it's not as bad as people want to make it out to be. It's definitely a movable contract. Find a partner to unload Randall's bad contract. Just like Miami found Portland to take Hassan Whiteside. You know, take his contract off their books. Portland needed a big, right, with Nurkic out for the season. They found a perfect partner. So the Knicks, you know, hopefully they can try and find somebody, you know, maybe a fringe contender that needs that third option, that needs that sixth man. I know Charlotte was in the the discussion back when the season was in play for the Knicks a few months back. Um, You know, not much. Maybe, you know, I've heard those marketing talks with the Bulls. So we'll see, you know, if we can find a partner. Um, But that would be huge to get rid of that contract. You know, free up a lot of space. And then obviously trade, wave, or, you know, let go uh, of some of the other guys on this roster. Portis being owed $16 million next year. Gibson, $9 million. Alfred and Wayne, I think, owed $8 million. And these are all guys who are on team option, non-guaranteed deals for next season. So, could easily just... Scrap all those guys. Get them the fuck out of here. That's even more cash off the books. That's the more realistic scenario here. Right? You know, Miami did that with, you know, trading waiters and Johnson in the middle of 2020. James Johnson and Deion Waiters. So it's possible to, to you know, just buy these guys out because these guys are all upcoming free agents. So, yeah, if the Knicks can do this, man, it creates a ton of not just short-term but long-term breathing room. They can figure out a way to find a partner for Julius and, and you know, simply just get all these guys that you signed last offseason the fuck out of here because you don't need them. No. <laughs> um, I saw, you know, this one was simply put, draft smarter. Fucking do a better job of drafting. You know, be smart when you're drafting. I know the Knicks have a new scouting team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... I know we don't have the, the, the best positioning this year in the draft, but it doesn't always have to be early in the draft where you get your, your big guys of the future. You know, it can also be guys from good programs, you know, big powerhouse schools, which I think could be important. It doesn't always have to be the guys who are going to be picked in the top three, top four. Miami got Tyler Hero from Kentucky at number 13. They got Bam Adebayo at number 14, also from Kentucky. Big school. Duke, Justice Winslow was number 10, ahead of both of those guys. He was a good trade chip, you know, along with the Waiters and Johnson to get Igadawa, Crowder, some other dude, I forget, Hill. So, you know, just guys from well-known schools, good programs with good coaches who turn out to be, you know, who coach 
players that turn out to be good in the NBA. And the Knicks obviously took Barrett. Yeah, he was number three, but he's from Duke. You know, guys who were coached well, guys who have a high basketball IQ, guys who are hungry to play. You know, maybe R.J. Barrett can be your alpha, like Jimmy Butler is for the Heat. And I know there's a lot of comparisons with those two. I always compare their types of games, how they like to score in the post and in the paint and mess around in the mid-range area, the mid-post. They have that similar dog mentality, that bully ball game they play. You know, I see the comparisons. I really do, on the court and in the mind. So, you know, R.J. Barrett will be your alpha to build around, maybe. And that was one of the more encouraging signs or encouraging uh, headlines that I read earlier today. As I speak, it is a, what is it, Wednesday night that the Knicks are planning their offseason around Barrett. Everybody that they sign, everybody that they draft, trade for, whatever it is, they're looking to make sure that player fits RJ's offensive and defensive style. So that's good. You know, you're building around RJ, making him your alpha. Because I, I really trust the kid. I don't know why a lot of people don't like him, man. A lot of people think he had a bad year. He didn't have a great year, didn't have a very good year, but he wasn't bad. He's fucking 19 years old, goes out there in his rookie season, and he gives you almost 15 points and 5 rebounds. He drops 15-5 and five as a teenager in his rookie season. I know the efficiency was not great. The three-point shooting wasn't there. He had some issues finishing at the rim when going to his left or right. Um, you know, the free throw percentage was awful. But the production was there. The volume was there. And that's the one thing I look at from a rookie. Efficiency is something that comes with experience. Maybe getting some better spacing around him, right? We talked about this. How Thibodeau will use R.J. Barrett. Getting those guys to space out the floor more. Acquiring some shooters around him. Some floor generals to help create an offensive scheme. The efficiency part, I think, will come. So um, I was happy that he was just putting up productive offensive numbers. But he can be your alpha, right? Guy from a big school in Duke. Build around him. Use that number eight pick this year. Okay, you're not up high. You're not up down, uh, fucking early in the draft anymore. You don't have that three pick. You have it number eight. Villanova, big school. Sadiq Bay is going to be an option. Well coached. Well coached. Um, obviously, everybody's talking about Devin Vassell from Florida State. The Seminoles. Obviously, the Knicks are looking at Okoro from Auburn, another big school. So look at schools that have good basketball programs. That's something that Miami did. It worked for them. That's something the Knicks maybe should think about. We'll be right back. Different social media platforms today. If you want to follow my Instagram account, follow at Rob J. Carbone. If you want to follow my Facebook or Twitter account, follow at NY Sports Talk RC. And then, you know, once doing some of these things, maybe talk about trading, uh, targeting another building block, right? Right? 
You know, you don't have to throw a bag of money at a superstar. That's probably not going to happen. We don't have the culture, the winning history for that. But start smaller and acquire a low-tier star. You know, find that Butler type of trade or signing. You know, like Miami did with getting Butler. Not a superstar, not a megastar, but an all-star caliber player who plays good, smart basketball. And obviously CP3 is out there. People want him. We've heard Oladipo, DeRozan, Westbrook. I don't want that. That'll be a disaster. Um, but the guy, you know, of the of those players, Van Vliet, of those guys, I think Van Vliet would be the best one, right? We talked about him a couple episodes ago. But get, you know, maybe maybe do something like that. If they do do that, you know, it would be following that same Miami blueprint. You know, Miami doesn't have a superstar. Again, Butler is a good, solid, all-star caliber player. They have him, and then they have a bunch of complementary role players who play hard defense and know how to shoot the rock. Something like that could work, you know? Don't just think right away about the LeBron James dream that we had, you know, way back, or the KD Kyrie dream more recently last offseason. And now this Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo dream. Fucking don't be delusional again. Start smaller and then work your way up. Van Vliet, change the culture a bit maybe. CP3, don't love it, but if it happened, whatever, I'd live with it. It's just, you know, it would follow that same path. And then here, last but not least, obviously, start winning, right? This is kind of my own input here. Start fucking winning. You know, once you do those three things, unload some bad contracts, um, you know, draft the right pieces and acquire that low tier star. Maybe you can start winning a little bit to attract those bigger names on the market. Right. But temper your expectations a bit for now. Start with the goal of, of just playing competitive basketball. Okay. And then if you end up getting somebody who can be, you know, of all star caliber, aim for the seven, eight seed. You do that, aim for home court advantage in the first round. You do that, build from just, you know, build from there. Don't just go right for the gold because the Knicks are far, so far from that where it just would not make sense. <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, and that's it. <laughs> We're going to take one more break. And when we get back, we will get to the NYY, NYK question of the day. So really quick, I just want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed to my podcast on the many different platforms that I'm on, you can do so right now. And all you got to do to do that is go to my website. Just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Once again, in order to subscribe to the podcast and listen to the podcast or watch it on the many platforms we have, go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. You're listening to BD4 or maybe watching BD4. I'm your host, Rob Carbone. 
If you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect in order to subscribe. That will take you to a page that displays all my information where, you know, it'll, it'll show you the many different platforms for the podcast. It will show you where to reach me on social media. It will show you where to find the blog that I write. So, yeah, you're listening to BD4. You're watching BD4. I am your host, Rob Carbone. Thank you for coming by. Thank you so much. This is episode 170. We're talking a little Knicks tonight. 6-4 Dodgers, and it's now one out in the top of the ninth. Um, sorry, 6-4 Tampa Bay. So it looks like this series could be tied, barring a rally in the bottom of the ninth from Tampa. From, from LA. Jesus. And that's very it's very possible. This team makes a lot of contact and they hit a lot of home runs. So they're very fucking productive. That lineup. So we'll see. Obviously, as you are listening to this or watching this, the game is over. As it will probably be a Tuesday or I'm sorry, Thursday morning, October twenty second, when this podcast is published. But yeah, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting World Series. Obviously, the NBA season doesn't begin until the earliest, late December, around Christmas time. I've also heard early January. Hopefully, we can get some crowd. You know, I think there will be some crowd allowed, but unfucking fortunately, this COVID shit is just not going away. Um, and you know, I've got my own opinion on this whole thing anyway, but we're not going to get into that. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all we've got for tonight, guys. Let's head to the NYY NYK question of the day. All right. So last time out, I asked you, um, Fucking, uh, fucking, uh, who was it? I'm forgetting. I fucking forget the question. Oh, who is the Knicks all-time leading rebounder? Total rebounds. It is, um, you know, I said the answer was pretty obvious. Uh, Willis Reed second. But number one is Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is the all-time Knicks rebound leader. Tonight's question is a little more difficult, though, since it was so easy in 169. Episode 170, our NYYMYK question of the day, is going to be a little more difficult. I need you guys to name three of the top five all-time leading scorers for the Knicks. So of those top five all-time scorers the Knicks have, name at least three of them. Name three of those all-time top five scorers. Okay, so one more time. Name three of the top five all-time leading scorers for the New York Knicks. And that is our question, excuse me, for episode 170. 170 episodes in to BD4. (laughs) Pretty cool, pretty cool. Getting up there, guys. So thank you for tuning in all this time. And um, if you're new, again, you can subscribe to the podcast by simply going to my website nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect takes you to a page that displays all of my information 
where to follow me on social media, where to subscribe to the blog and the podcast on the many different platforms we have as well. So, guys, thank you so much, and that's going to be it for episode 170, part 7, Nick's Off-Season Draft Talk, part 7. And we'll see you next time. All right, ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.